The podcast you're about to listen to is an account of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. In this episode, we discuss the mad and the macabre as seen in the film. I am your usual co-host, Faustus Crowley, and now for the one you're really all here to see, your hostess with the Moses, that creepy bitch herself, also known as MJ Holmes. Thank you for tuning in this week, guys. Um, So if you're new here, let us tell you a little bit about our rating system. So the very top tier, full service funeral. You'll want to keep the memory of this film alive. Watch it again and again. And right below that, we have viewing. Which is watch it. It's worth a watch. Rent it. Don't own it. Now we're getting to the not so good. Bury it. This movie doesn't need to see the light of day, and neither do you. Then we have the very bottom, cremated. Burn that shit. Not watchable. So this week, Faustus, we actually watched your pick, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, we tossed the coin and I won. Um, It come up heads and... um, Head cheese, that is? Head cheese. Skulls. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this is is one of probably my... I'm going to just say it's probably one of my favorite horror movies. Uh, it's close second to Night of the Living Dead, the original black and white Night of the Living Dead. Um, but you had some fun, macabre facts, horror history, if you will, um, about this this film in the form of its connection to the last film we watched. Yeah, so I didn't know going into this that the um, same director who directed Poltergeist directed this movie, Toby Hooper. And that's not where the similarities end. We both had the same thought almost at the exact same time. You <laughs> looked at me as I looked at you when... Oh, the dead armadillo. So I don't know, maybe Toby Hooper has a thing for opening movies with dead animals. I mean, that, that sounds like an, an issue. He has an issue. <laughs> now, don't quote me on this, but I think I watched it one time with a commentary on, and I think that... I don't think it was the prop master. Someone had the stuffed armadillo. I don't know why they would be carrying it around with them or if someone knew that they had it and asked if they could use it and apparently they ran it over. Faustus, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. We need to backtrack this van a little bit and talk about the mockumentary style opening. Yeah, the the very beginning, that flashbulb sound effect of the camera. Yeah, it's so iconic. I think even casual viewers of horror recognize that sound. Yeah, and they've used it in the remakes, and then they jump from that mockumentary news report right to an in-film news report of bodies being desecrated in the graveyard. Yes, and then the narrator says that they have suspects in custody. So who are the suspects? Is it Leatherface and his brother? We're not quite sure in the beginning. No, if, if the timeline checks and this is actually part of the movie, and let's just say, I always assumed that it was a, something that they were hearing on the radio, which is why Franklin and Sally are even going back to Texas in the first place. So if that's the case, that would mean that the suspects in custody are the suspects that were digging up the graves. Ed Gein style. Mm. Um, so if... If those are the suspects, that would mean that they have the wrong guys. If it is, in fact, no, because Leatherface gets away at the end. They never call the Sawyer right. family. That's, I wasn't quite sure about the timeline in the beginning because they have that little like narration in the beginning. So is it kind of like looping back on itself? 
no, no, it couldn't. It couldn't be that they had Leatherface or it's not Chop Top. Chop Top's not to the second one. They don't have the Sawyer boys in custody yet because one gets run over by the semi at the end of the film. Leatherface gets away, and the cook gets away. Gotcha. Yeah, and now let's go back to the van. So when they're inside, we have our van astrologer, Pam, um, and they're kind of making fun of her for her um, belief in the Zodiac, but I thought it was really interesting that she says... Uh, yeah, I picked up on that a little bit, too, after after we watched that part again. You were listening for that. I was actually trying to read what the cover, what the name of the book she was reading was, um, and I just couldn't make it out. But this movie had a lot of a lot of firsts in it, if you will. Um, the survivor girl trope. Uh, this was one of the first, I would say, three slasher films. Uh, the other two being Psycho, if you consider it a slasher, and Black Christmas. Right, and then after this movie, followed by Halloween. Oh, Halloween, yeah, which we are <laughs> saving for a very special occasion. <laughs> Holmes, do you think we should save that for Halloween proper? We could, or until we decide that we've really honed our skills, our podcasting skills. We, we want to do Halloween right. You know, let's talk about the uncanny feeling at the beginning of this film. So, they're in the van, there's no air conditioning, it's hot, uncomfortable. Um, they encounter, like when they go to the cemetery, there's this drunk guy who's like, I see things. Um, there's the bad smell from the slaughterhouse, the grandfather buried in the cemetery, the images of the cows. So this movie in the beginning, it really creates this uncanny feeling um, for the viewer because they stop at the cemetery where their grandfather is buried. That is um, Sally and Franklin's grandfather. Um, and there's this drunk guy. He's almost nearly passed out. And he's talking about seeing things. Um, and then when they get back in the van, they ride by a slaughterhouse. Yeah, and they all seem bothered by the smell, except for Franklin. He's kind of unfazed by it, or it just doesn't seem to bother him so much. And then you find out that their grandfather used to work at that slaughterhouse. Their uncle works at a different slaughterhouse. And Franklin's actually been inside of the slaughterhouse with his uncle in the, I believe you called it, the killing room. Yeah, he kind of has this weird interest in it. But everyone else on the van's kind of repulsed by it. Like, Franklin, can we talk about something else? Mm-hmm. At which point we meet, as Franklin calls him, Dracula. Yeah, which the hitchhiker said he was at the slaughterhouse. And then he pulls out of his little fur bag pictures. Oh, yeah, yeah. I really like how they, they kind of just like, there's a hitchhiker. Pick him up! No <laughs> questions asked. Just... We got done with this ominous, the day is dark and and spooky, and then it's like, look, a stranger, let's pick him up! (laughs) Yeah, let's not heed astrologer uh, girls' warnings or anything. Yeah, so they're passing around these macabre pictures of the slaughterhouse stuff, and then he starts, the hitchhiker starts to talk about stranger and stranger things. Yeah, they don't throw nothing away. Yeah, um, and then Franklin's cleaning his fingernails with his knife, and he takes... Franklin's knife cuts himself with it and then gives it back to Franklin without a word without a word 
Oh. I don't know. All I could think about was bloodborne pathogens. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. please, somebody. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking. We need I... some alcohol. We need something to clean this up. Yeah. Then he uh, gets his knife out of his boot, and it's a straight blade razor. Uh, puts that away, takes Franklin's picture. Yeah, he pull, He has this camera around his neck, this humongous camera that he's just carrying with around. Pull out, with the pull-out... Um, what do you call that? Accordion-style lens. Um, takes his picture and then proceeds to ask if he likes head cheese. My, my brother makes it real good. Um, I've never had head cheese. I don't think that I, I don't think Holmes I want would, to. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like it's your I'll cup pass. of tea. Um, Well, then he asked Franklin for $2. For yeah, $2. He's like, this is a really good picture. $2. And it's not a good picture. Franklin <laughs> says, what's that good? really upset and then pulls more bizarre trinkets out of his taxidermy purse there um a bit of looks tinfoil that's already been used a couple times lays the picture on that and gets out a little spoonful of gunpowder but when he pulled the tinfoil out i thought he was going to do something else i wasn't sure what he was going to do first um sets that on fire pulls out his street razor cuts franklin's arm this time and at that point they throw him out of the van they were nice enough to come to almost a full stop. Uh, but then he <laughs> smears his blood on the side, blows a couple raspberries. Yep. Which, what is with the blowing rat? Is that, is that like a horrible insult for the 70s? I don't I, think it is. But. I had to look. I thought it was the same as flipping somebody the bird, but it's the equivalent to like nana nana or like when you when you thumb your nose and wave your fingers. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's an insult. I don't think it's a horribly vulgar insult. But yes, it was meant to be an insult. So down the road they go. Traumatized now. <laughs> yeah, and they stop at the gas station. Which is out of gas. And the gas station owner, so they talk to him for a little bit, and they tell them about the house that they're trying to find, and he actively tries to dissuade them from going there. So, well, later in the film you find out that he doesn't have the stomach for killing. Uh-oh. But he does make some mean barbecue, which I forget what Franklin's eating, but he keeps he keeps spitting pieces out of it out. And the more and more you think about it, especially after you've watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, the more disturbing it becomes. So they arrive at the farmhouse, which is actually owned by their father. So now we've established some sort of a family tree, which they never come right out and say it, but I believe that Franklin and Sally's father owned the house and I don't know if it used to belong to the grandfather also but it's, it's basically like I a think family. that's what they said is that the grandfather lived there and now the dad owns it yeah but it's fallen into disrepair yeah it looks like clearly it's been vacant for a while um and then there's one moment where Franklin he tries to get into the house um but it's basically unnavigable it's not wheelchair accessible I mean the ADA would have a field day with that house oh yeah and you pointed out an interesting fact now as you say you pointed out an interesting fact about the staircase Oh, the stairs on the staircase were so steep. I'm like, at any point, because they sounded like Franklin and Sally had grown up there, and there's no way Franklin would have ever been able to go up and down those steps. Yeah, that's what I was kind of wondering, too. And not that it matters for whatever reason that he was in the chair. It's just, like you said, it's an interesting fact that they chose to include a character. Um, with a disability, and then the house isn't wheelchair accessible at all. The, the quest now becomes finding gas. 
which is funny because it becomes kind of a trope in horror games later where it's like left for dead with the zombies you got to get gas and fill up the generator you got to get gas and fill up your car and get out of there um even in the night of the living dead it's like the car's out of gas so horror survival tip number one fill your car with gas before any trip and always keep a little extra so you don't have to ask the neighbors or you know maybe this was unintentional foreshadowing for the 70s gas crisis <laughs> that's that's very clever now that you mention that so they trot on over to the neighbors. Well, you know, before they do that, I noticed the folk art left outside the door, if that's what you want to call it. Um, there was like bones and feathers. Yeah, it almost looked like some sort of jawbone was left inside of the pillow. I'm going to refer to it as folk art. I don't think that anyone, uh, I don't think that they all stepped over that and that Franklin wheeled across it on the way in. It looked almost, it almost appeared seemingly out of nowhere. Um, which they got there, because you think he followed us? And, you know, they're, they're kind of ribbing Franklin, but now it's like Franklin's, like, Franklin's the only one that's really uncomfortable. Everybody else is just having a good time. I know, like, Franklin's very paranoid, but I, he's got a good reason to be. And he's also really upset. He's calling for Sally, and then he starts to blow raspberries. Oh. So now we've split, we've split the party. Yeah, so Kirk and Pam, they actually go to swim in the creek, and it's all dried up. Yeah. And again, they make the comment like, how did Franklin get down here during his childhood? Yeah. And you know, and this made me think too, like, this movie, it should be an ad for sunscreen because I was just so concerned about all the characters, like um, Pam and her halter top. I'm like, by the end of this movie, she, that girl is going to be burnt. Well, I, she's going to have to worry about that back one <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they trot on off to the neighbors, and he's talking about maybe I can give him a couple bucks, leave my guitar, and we have to come back through this way. I'm wondering where they're going deeper into Texas if they have to come back out. Uh, but apparently they go and they just help themselves right into the house, and nobody's. Well, what, uh, no, the the uh, chicken, chicken in the birdcage. Okay, so Pam and Kirk, they're exploring around this house. Um, there's a graveyard of cars, a generator, a small garden. An extremely loud generator. And then they go up onto the front porch and they find a tooth. More folk art, as you called <laughs> <More> it earlier. <laughs> and he throws it at me. He throws the tooth. <laughs> yeah, so then they, then they go, they just help themselves right inside the house. I mean, no manners at all. They don't no even knock. knock. I, don't, I don't remember if he called out if anybody was home or not. But yeah, they just then proceed to explore the house. So they, they split yet again. Right. And that's when we see the red wall with the animal skulls on it and the pigs squealing. This is a lovely room of death. <laughs> so 35 minutes into this movie, first kill, first look at Leatherface. Hammer time. <laughs> yeah, so he doesn't even use a chainsaw. Not for the first kill. Yeah. I believe it's a cattle hammer. Right, so he beans. They, they died Kirk better that way. <laughs> yeah, so he beans Kirk into the head a couple times. He hits him once, and he goes down and begins to convulse. So it's not actually the first kill. Um, the the killing blow I do, do believe comes with the second blow of the hammer as he drags the body off to his workbench. Right, and then Pam searches for Kirk. She hears none of this, and then she falls into more Fogar bones, feathers, um, like really macabre interior decorating, which the Sawyers, I mean, they really need some help with their decorating, like very untidy, like they need like the Marie Kondo method up in there. I'm still trying to figure out how they got the chicken in the birdcage. <laughs> 
I don't know, as bird owners ourselves. Um, that was my first concern. That chicken cage yeah. is way too small for that chicken. I know. I, I feel bad for the chicken. I don't feel bad for the people. Yeah, we've covered this in the last episode. <laughs> Forget the people. Save the animals. <laughs> See, there we go. Important lesson. Uh, save a chicken, eat a person. We are, we, we here at the Creepy Bitch Podcast do not condone animals. <laughs> yeah, and then she screams her head off. Yeah, and then she gets the best hug from behind ever by your boy Leatherface. <laughs> and then he hangs her up on a hook, like Dead by Daylight style. Yeah, I, I wonder if that is part of what inspired that game mechanic. They said the generators and this. Um, supposedly later this year there's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game coming out where oh. you play is I think it's 3v4. I think it's three killers, four survivors. And they, the, the house is much more elaborate, but I think it takes place just on that little farm. Yeah, and then Leatherface picks up the saw for the first time and starts to chop up Kirk. Kirk Kebab. Well, what got me was the chainsaw in this one is kind of a yellow-tinted green. And normally when you see Leatherface's chainsaw, it's that more orangish-yellow. I know it's a silly thing to pick up on, but the chainsaw is iconic. And I just don't remember it being that particular. I was looking for a brand on the chainsaw, honestly, with what I was doing. And then I noticed the color. Oh. Fowl says, can you do your best impression of a chainsaw right now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was pretty good. <laughs> Mine's not going to sound nearly as good I as I learned that. it from Homer Simpson. <laughs> I got a chainsaw. Okay, how's this? <laughs> That's it sounds horrible. like a it sounds like a gong <laughs> on a lawn man, lawn man, lawnmower moped. Um, so, but she's still alive, so she's on the hook, watching in horror as her hubby, boyfriend Bo, is like you said, being chopped for dinner. Mm-hmm. Right, and then this movie it kind of juxtaposes like this horrible scene back to Sally and Franklin kind of having this intimate moment like the sun is starting to go down um but all I want to know is like Sally how does Sally manage to keep her white bell bottoms clean do they have several pairs on set that she went through because those things were spotless that was my first thought when I first saw I'm like who put her in bleach white pants bell bottoms like Maybe later, like, once the blood really starts flying, maybe that's why. So the blood would stand out against the white pants. I don't know. You got a point. Yeah. Got a point. And again, like, Franklin, he's sharing how paranoid he is. Um, But Sally's just kind of, like, tired, cranky. She doesn't want to hear about it. And then the sun starts to set. You know what that means? Supper time. Let's ring that dinner bell. You like head cheese? My brother makes it real good. So the recipe for head cheese is you, you use everything in the skull except for the tongue, the, the jowls and the eyeballs, and, and you, you boil it down to a gelatin and you, you scrape it all out. Suey, suey, come on, big, 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 come on, big, 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 big. For the next recipe, we have the Kirk kebab, which I have never made kebabs before, but now because of this, I might have to try it. I have no idea how to make a Kirk kebab other than with a chainsaw and a little bit of Kirk. But now the real deal, the real recipe, and everyone has their own recipe, so no, we're not gonna insult you with ours. But I do know the real Texas chili does 
does not have beans in it. So, fix yourself a big old bowl of chili and sit down and watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And we're back to our regularly scheduled programming. So we're about halfway through the movie now, when you say Faustus. Roughly. And Jerry goes looking, that, that's the van driver, he goes looking for Kirk and Pam at the, I'm going to call it the murder house. And he goes into the red room of paint, which is the OG red room, not the red room from Fifty Shades of Grey. This is the real red room of paint. And he finds Pam in the freezer. So would you say that she is now a TV dinner? Oh my god. No, I just can't get past the fact that he looks like what's his name from that '70s show. He does. Is it Clyde or the the creepy one who now is likely going to jail? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then the Leatherface comes along. He cracks Jerry in the head. Uh, probably kills him. Yeah, presumably we don't see Jerry again after that. So. And again, he's using a the, hammer. Yeah, the cattle hammer or the killing hammer. Yeah. Um, so I think that brings the count to. I think Franklin is the only one that actually died by chainsaw because Pam was put on the hook and then into the freezer and presumably suffocates at some point afterwards. And that means that the two guys were killed with the hammer and then Franklin gets it with the chainsaw. So Texas Chainsaw Massacre, not very Chainsaw Massacre anymore. (laughs) Hammer time. Hammer time. Yeah, and then after that point, like, this part was kind of confusing to me when Leatherface sits down and puts his head in his hands. Like, what did I just do? Like, No, no, he was looking out the window. He was looking for more people. People were invading his house. Like, none of the, you know, they knocked. I was going to say, he can't feel remorseful. No, no, (laughs) that was more of like, oh, crap, I'm in trouble. Are there more people coming? It wasn't like, oh, my gosh, I've I've killed somebody. It was, uh uh-oh, there's there's people. (laughs) And then um, we go back to a scene at the van. And so now it's just Sally and Franklin. And Sally, she's refusing to leave without Jerry, uh, the van driver. But Franklin, of course, he's like super paranoid, super freaked out. He wants to go back to the gas station for help. And then they realize they took the keys. So they have no way of leaving. Yeah, and Franklin starts blowing the horn like a madman. (laughs) And then the, Jerry, Jerry. Which, and they're making as much noise as possible. Well, at this point, they don't know anything about right. danger being so close. Um, and and Franklin, Franklin had the flashlight, right? Yeah, and he didn't want to give it up. Yeah, okay, so that's funny because we were talking about Dead by Daddy of the Hooks. In the game, there's a perk for Bubba called Franklin's Demise, and it causes you to drop an item. So it's when he comes up and gets him through the chair with the chainsaw and he drops the flashlights. Uh, that's a fun little Easter egg the game took from the movie. Yeah, and it's like, of course, they're making all the noise. Leatherface comes along and he does kill Franklin. But you know what? That part, it's not gory at all. Like, not much is shown. Like, it's not explicitly shown. You know what's happening. Um, but there's not a whole lot of blood and gore at that point. No, no, but again, remember, this is still very early in slasher history. It's like, it, you know what's happening, but they just don't show you in graphic detail. It's not gallons of blood. And then Sally runs. She's terrified, screaming her head off. 
I don't know, like, I've never wielded a chainsaw. Like, how heavy is a chainsaw? Depends on the chainsaw, but I'd say roughly probably around 10 pounds. It, it was kind of a smaller chainsaw, but yeah, it's, it's, it's more that, that, that roar of the engine and the vibration and, you know, it's just, just, just weapon of, well, weapon, the spinning teeth coming at you that just rip through anything. I mean, they're designed to cut down trees, like. Yeah, and I mean, it looks to me like Leatherface, he's getting a workout <laughs> running with this chainsaw after Sally. Yeah, he's not, he's not keeping up too good. He's not, he doesn't have the healthiest of physiques to begin <laughs> with, but yeah, it's the, and again, I don't think he's had to chase people down before. The way this is, the way this is implied is, this is new to him. Like killing's not new to him, but like people being at his house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sally goes into the murder house. She's thinking it's okay. Like she doesn't, she doesn't realize. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. remember, Franklin and Sally know nothing about Leatherface right. or the Sawyers, as we're going to call them, because it's that's their name in later movies. It just. So she goes into the square house, aka murder house, not knowing that this is, you know, the last place you want to be. Um, and Leatherface just makes mincemeat out of the door. And then Sally upstairs, she finds two be- dead bodies, um, which we we think they are two dead bodies, and she jumps out of the first window. Um, and, and like I'm absolutely like I root for Sally in this because this girl she wants to live like she is not giving up. I don't know at this point like in this economy I think I would just kind of roll over and like they could just kill me <laughs> like I'm not fighting this hard to live. <laughs> um, and like she she's running through the woods and she hits a tree and goes down and then she gets back up. Um, and like this is nearly where he almost gets her there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a close call. And then we get to this really weird part where she runs to the gas station, which I don't know how far away the gas station is. They like, made it seem like it was a lot further yeah. in the in the beginning. And when they're crying about having no keys, like they could have just walked to the gas station. <laughs> yeah, and then the gas station attendant, like this part is so bizarre. Like he he's trying to soothe her and like calm her down. Um, and Leatherface, he stops. He does not go into the gas station, which at that point I'm thinking, like, there's only this flimsy door. Like, why is he not going in there? He could if he wanted to. Yeah, he, from being that close on her heels to just completely backing off and giving up. And then I don't know if she, I don't think she can get it out to tell him that someone's out there. She's kind of, you know, she's like kind of trying to tell him not to go outside, but he just goes on out anyway. And then you can see her kind of process what's going on. It's like, well, wait a minute. It's like, well, that's where she sees, she sees the mystery meat cooking. Yeah, it (laughs) was a little. So, so, yeah, do we think that's Kirk and Pam in there already? I don't think it's them already quite yet, but it might have been some past. No, couldn't have been because once he gets her packed up and starts heading home, um, he has no idea what's going on at home. Yeah. So if it would have been Kirk, he would have had to break it to end the just... The clock just does this weird, timey-wimey, all of a sudden it's it's night, there was almost no sunset, it was like, oh, it's getting dark, now, but bam, dark. Then they go in there, and so he gets the pickup truck, and comes back in, and she sees the bag in the road. Then all the pieces have finally clicked, the, the planets align, if you will. <laughs> yeah, you just cooperate, young lady, and we'll have no trouble. Yeah, then he starts beating her with the bristle end of the broom. She picks up the knife yeah. and he knocks it out of her. I got that, okay? 
But then he just starts like tapping her and beating her with the bristle side of the broom. Not the handle. Then all of a sudden he gets a club or a handle and starts really beating her with that. Um, again, they, the violence kind of happens off screen. So next thing you know, she's unconscious. And he's tying her up. Right. And again, puts her in the bag. But the bag, what purpose does the bag serve? Because her legs are sticking out of the bag. Like, and he I puts don't her get in it. the cab, too. One like he was trying to hide her from anyone. <laughs> one like you're really trying to... Oh, and that nasty rag he gags her with. Like, that just... Uh, again, like, just kill me, like, at that point. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Sally, one of the original Survivor girls. Yeah. So... And they're going down the road, and then they see the hitchhiker guy from Well, earlier. no, no, you jumped ahead a little bit. That's the, the whole flip-floppy in his personality. Like, he's soothing her one minute, and then he's jamming her rather yeah. violently with the broom handle or club or whatever it is. And then he starts giggling, and then he goes back to trying to soothe and console her again. And, you know, it's just, it's really flip-floppy, and it's really just bizarre. And I'm not sure if it's... Poor writing, bad acting, or really clever, or just an accident of all three combined together. But yes, you're right. Then they get back and Hitchhiker's there. And he goes for some rather dated um, slanders, Mm -hmm. um, which I think today would get you canceled. Um, And he starts beating them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He starts he starts harassing a little bit, and then the hitchhiker, being you know the wackadoo that he is, starts pulling on the door, and he goes to go in the house, and he's like, "No, I told you not to leave your brother alone. Now go get her out of the car." And it's like it just everything just becomes so wham, 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 wham. It's It's very chaotic. The the, the scales are just tipping back and forth, and it's weird. And I, you know, I'm not sure if it's just they were over filming this movie too. Or it's meant to be just absolutely batshit crazy, but I mean, it goes off the deep end and then some. So Leatherface has now changed not only clothing, but with the change in the face comes a new persona. So you see the butcher, the yellow butcher aprons hanging up. He's got a new face on, blue-ish hair, kind of like an older woman, and a blue apron, and he's kind of whoo. You know, it's, he's taken on these high-pitched, elderly woman-type sounds. And I've heard other people talk about this where it's kind of like he takes on this domestic caretaker, um, homemaker yeah, role. Much more like submissive. Now, yeah, it's yeah. like because he doesn't need... The, the, the killing mask is off. Yeah. And this is the old lady mask. And then... They get her inside, and Leatherface is very interested in who this is, almost like he doesn't recognize her. Yes. And it leads into, again, it's like, are they all switching personalities and personas? And it's, again, like you said, really chaotic, and it's all happening really fast. Yeah, because so much, I mean, like, they strap Sally into a chair, she wakes up, she's screaming some more, and then they get, go get Grandpa from upstairs. And they cut Sally's finger, then Grandpa sucks on it like it's a lollipop. Yeah, and then she, does she pass out at this point? <laughs> yeah, she faints. She faints. Okay, so she faints. We wake up, and we're at a lovely dinner. Um, you know, there's pork sausages of some sort on the plate, <laughs> and, you know, just beautiful lighting. The decor, I mean, they really outdid themselves. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. The, the face lamp. Leather face has, again, <laughs> changed his outfit and persona again this time it's what they call the pretty lady mask um it's got makeup this time it's dark long dark hair 
he's wearing a suit. And the hitchhiker still got that nasty green shirt that he's been wearing for the last two days. And the other brother, the gas station attendant, which nobody else gets a name in yeah. this movie. It's just the only time they address Leatherface is as Leatherface. So they're all screaming. And I almost feel like years later, Rob Zombie kind of pays homage to that in, was it House of Thousand House Corpses? of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're just mocking her, you know, and it's like, wow. It's like, okay, this is weird. And then Hitchhiker and Gas Station attendants start to argue back and forth. Yeah, you're just a cook. Yeah, I ain't got no stomach for killing. And then again, we watch him flip-flop. He goes from aggressive to submissive to aggressive to submissive, and they're kind of back and forth. And... And, like, this is really affecting Sally's psyche. Like, we start to get, like, these weird close-ups of, like, broken blood vessels in her eyes. And, like, she's losing her sanity. Oh, yeah, the cinematography just goes crazy. Like, Willy Wonka in the tunnel, like, weird. Zooming in on eyes and, and zooming over to the guy. And he's laughing one minute. And then he's, like, serious the next. And he's laughing again. And then... And this part's uncomfortable, like, as a viewer, yes. you're watching it. And, like, I feel like that was done very purposefully. Like, Toby Hooper, he wants the audience to feel uncomfortable. And there almost, were like, some uncomfortable yeah. undertones in this movie. And kind of like you're a voyeur. Like, you're watching this happening, and you're not stopping the movie. You're going to keep watching. Yeah, yeah. And then, even he, even the gas station is like, well, there's no sense in torturing a poor yeah. girl. If you're going to do it, do it. Get it over with. And then... You know, he gets very submissive and leaves, starts to leave the room. And the hitchhiker says something to him. And then he kind of cocks back like he's going to hit him. He gets aggressive again. And then he gets submissive again. And he's leaving the room. And they're going to, you know, they're going to let Grandpa deliver the killing Grandpa Grandpa was the best killer. Yeah, he could have killed, killed 60 in, in a minute. He could have killed more if they'd have cleared him faster. But but again, like Sally, she keeps fighting. Like this girl, she does not want to die. No. But then again, gas station attendant flips back into hit her, Grandpa, hit her. Yeah. He goes from, you know, let, let's not torture the girl to, you know, now he's excited for it. Yeah. He wants to see the killing happen. He doesn't want to do the killing himself, but he wants to see the killing happen. And it's like, I, I get that they're, I get that they're strange. They're meant to be strange, but it's like, this is just like really out there. Bizarre. And again, I don't know if it's, if it's the poor writing. Or very intentional. Or very yeah. intentional writing. And it's just... The deliveries just there's just so much happening at once and I'm reading too much into it. And then Leatherface, he's trying to help grandpa and the the hammer keeps falling into the bucket. Well grandpa's like a hundred and nine <laughs> right. or something. Like he's like <laughs> legitimately like in the lore, like But imagine that always... like Sally, she's being held down over this bucket to catch the blood and the hammer just keeps barely missing her. It's like very much like putting your head in a guillotine, like you're just waiting. See... Um, they catch her one time. You can see a spot on the on the back of her head. They get her one good one, but not not enough to stop her. Right, and then she's able. She escapes. She gets up and she all jumps through. Over the yeah, well, she jumps through the second window, and then she's limping and bloody. Uh, Leatherface chases after her. The chainsaw, and so does the hitchhiker. Yeah, but the, this thing too, it goes from like pitch black out to overcast type it's there's a lot of ambient light like it's pretty light yeah. out for it having just been that dark i know something this has got to be morning but it's still like how much time has lapsed between when they put her in the chair and yeah, when we're she's blocking standing. out it's like they're yeah. supposed to be having dinner but it was nighttime yeah. and it's like again it's like everything just happening so fast maybe we're wrong were they having breakfast <laughs> well, yeah, yeah i know some people I did not know this, but some people call 
lunch, supper, and dinner is later on. Is your and third meal? He did meal. say. Well, he he did say like we're gonna fix you some supper. Yeah, to but salad. still, I mean, it was <laughs> night, and it would have been Texas. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so. They're running down the road. The hitchhiker gets a hold of her, and he's just going to town with that straight razor. Leatherface is trotting behind with the chainsaw. You know, he's, he's trying to keep up. <laughs> you know what he's doing? He's doing his best, okay? <laughs> he's really trying. He's setting that slasher bar pretty low. <laughs> um, so then it brings us to the semi, pet cemetery style, ripping up the hill. We get the final kill of the movie, and they just mash the hitchhiker. Roadkill, um, and the guy gets out of the semi to the help. The truck driver. Yeah, the truck yes. driver gets out of the semi to help Sally. Um, sees Leatherface, and they both <laughs> book it back up into the semi cab. Out the other door is Leatherface's drawn figure eights on the door of the And chainsaw. before the truck driver gets out of the cab, he grabs a wrench. Well, yeah, they go through, and he yeah. comes out the other side, grabs the pipe wrench, and beans Leatherface with it, <laughs> dropping the chainsaw on his leg. And that is the most vocal we've heard him. Mm-hmm. The, the clear, it's not a grunt, it is a, ah! A and a bunch of H's, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, pain. And then you mentioned too that in other movies, they refer back to that injury. Some of them, yes. Yeah. Especially, I do believe, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, he's got... He's got a brace or like a hydraulic leg, something. But they they they, they note that yes, it's like this movie is supposed to be. It's the same weather face from the original. There yeah. as it is now, and there's been so many prequels, requels, sequels, <laughs> remakes, reimaginings. Um, each gorier than the last, I think. They get they get out there. Yeah, compared to this one, like I, I was really shocked. Like I haven't seen this movie in a couple of years, and so rewatching it now, I was just surprised at how little blood there was. In my memory, I, I thought there was more. I went into it being like it's my favorite horror movie, and it's like rewatching it. I'm gonna I'm gonna change my mind, take it back. Leatherface always has a special place in my heart. I think I've done the Leatherface cosplay for six Halloweens now. My gosh, there's a there's an old Polaroid somewhere of me in the basement, and I remember my mom coming down as I was taking, I was perfecting my blood spatter technique on my apron, and she was a little concerned, and I'm like, Mom, it's a Halloween costume. She's like, Okay, honey, whatever. Um, so that you know, I was a teenager when I was doing that. He's lying, folks. That was just last year. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. No, but I I will tell you this. I have gotten my blood paint coloration down a lot better. It's a lot more dried blood brown than ketchup stains red. <laughs> but that's that's neither here nor there. We're, we're talking about the best scene of the movie. So, pickup truck comes up. A blue pickup truck, yeah, stops. Which, my question is, if why would you stop? If I see a guy wielding a chainsaw chasing after her, I am not stopping at all. The, She's on her own. The better question is, and no offense to our Texas listeners, but what what, what respectable Texan doesn't have a gun in their pickup truck? I thought everyone was packing in Texas, not this guy. Yeah. Did not catch the plates. He might have just been passing through, but... And the amount of time he stops and Sally's, like, really trying to get in there and Leatherface is being very polite and hanging back and giving her <laughs> yeah. plenty of chance to get in there before he just saws her 
completely hot dog top to bottom. <laughs> uh, so she gets in and she just busts into that hysterical maniacal laughter. And I mean, you know, it's like she's, well, she survived. You know, she's getting away. She's like, it's finally over. It's finally over. Um, and it, we fade out, and then we see the sun, presumably rising. The, yeah, that's what I think. And Leatherface goes into what I like to call the tantrum dance, where he's spinning the chainsaw. You all know, if you close your eyes, you can see it. And the movie fades to black. Yeah, and it ends very abruptly. You know, it's just him dancing, fade to black, It end. didn't, it, it didn't need any more, really, at yeah. the time. At the time, it didn't need any more. Yeah. Um, and that's just such an iconic ending. And again, that's been worked into the video game where you know, Bubble misses. He, you know, goes into a little <laughs> tantrum, uh, cool down till the chainsaw shuts off. I like the, like, I've seen some videos where they play different music over his dancing. <laughs> yeah. So now the moment you've been waiting for when we rate Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't know, Faustus, how are you feeling? Because you said this is your favorite horror movie. I'm assuming you're going to give it a full service funeral. You'd like to think that. <laughs> I don't know why I went full Vicini on that one. Um... I, you go first. Oh, really? <laughs> I, you know what? I think because it's the OG, I'm going to go with the viewing. Watch it. It's worth the watch. Rent it. I don't know if I'd own it. We watch it on Shutter. I mean, I, I definitely think it's worth the watch, especially if you've seen the newer ones and you haven't seen this one. Go back to the OG. I'm going to go with full service. Because, again, like you said, it's OG. It's not so much that it's a great movie, but it's one of the originals. Your collection needs to include it just for the sake of including it. it it's so old that it can't be that expensive. You'll probably find it in a multi-pack with either Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 or some other bizarre movie you've never heard of. Um, I think I've got People Under the Stairs and The Shocker in a two-pack, which I bought it for People Under the Stairs, and Shocker is, well, maybe we'll cover it someday, and I'll give you my rating on it then. But for now, I say, combined with the nostalgia, combine the fact that it's a classic, and if you're going to collect movies on physical format, definitely go full service on this one. Now, if you're not a collector of physical discs, viewing's fine. Watch it. But again, I I think you definitely need to watch it to understand any of the sequels, prequels, requels, whatever the kids are calling them nowadays. I think if you want the full understanding, you can watch those movies. They stand alone, fine, but I think to understand some Texas of it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a 3D. You have to watch, well, you should really watch the first one. They kind of do their own version of the story in the beginning. That's like a sequel. But to understand... Yeah what's going on and why the cops are arriving there you need to watch this one you don't need to watch this one to watch two i don't think that you need to watch this one to watch three the remakes again like you said standalone it's a reimagining retelling of the original and there's a prequel is it just called leatherface i think you're right the one that came out just a couple we won't years spoil ago you. yeah we won't spoil that one for you but i will give you my review of that right now in the form of bury it. You don't need to watch it. It just left a bad taste in my mouth. The barbecue. <laughs> well, unpopular opinion. Texas Chainsaw 3D, full service funeral. Wow. 
I'm not talking about texture chainsaw. I'm talking about Leatherface, the one where they reimagine. They, it's the prequel to this movie, and it would just. It was supposed to be the uh, the Bubba origins, and it just it didn't do this movie. So, with that being said, I think it's time to close the. Movie. I think you're right. Well, everybody, thank you for tuning in for our review of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And kids, don't forget to say goodbye. <laughs>